I'm excited just to be able to share my heart today, share what God wants me to share today um, concerning my journey. And uh, I just pray that it will be a blessing to you and that you'll be able to take, you know, what you need for yourself. Um, there's a, a word that has been in my heart for a very long time in terms of being still. And God has been teaching me that and walking me through that um, for so many years. And I'm going to take it all the way back to basically when I used to work in um, a salon, which was a, it was an African um, braiding hair salon, and I was renting a chair there. And um, they were Muslims and, you know, we were Christians. So it was a little bit of a, a silent conflict. And um, it's like, I remember during that time, God was teaching me and began to teach me what it is to let God fight for you, what it is to, to be still, and then what that actually looks like. So, you know, there were different scenarios that happened. And I remember the owner, she was very strong-willed and uh, pushy and bossy. And, you know, she would do things to me. And I know that when I felt a certain way about it, um, if I wanted to respond in my flesh, I would just feel convicted. And when I went to pray, it's like God would always tell me, I want you to come before me and pour out your heart to me. I want you to understand that if you tell me and you leave it with me, I can take care of the situation for you. So there were different things that were going on there. And um, for example, she, we, I was paying up one set of rent and then she just came and said, well, you're gonna have to pay double. And in my spirit, I know God kept telling me, just be still, don't respond. Um, so I did, and she said, I'm going to double it. And then God said, when she doubles your rent, I'm going to double and I'm going to increase you and you're going to get bigger. And that's exactly what started happening. And I remember times when, um, she would come and take some of my stuff from my table and not give it back. And I was so upset and I wanted to respond, but I said, okay, God, I'm going to come to your throne. So I went to the pray and I remember just basically writing her name, you know, on the floor. I don't know if you remember when uh, Jesus was on the floor and he was writing something in the stand uh, with his finger. Uh, I remember just writing her name down on the floor and like, Lord, I'm leaving her with you. And the next morning when I went back to the salon, she came and um, she, she would never while she's working, stop to do anything. So that day she came and she stopped working and she came to warn me and she was like, you know, oh, I'm so sorry for taking your stuff, you know, here it is. And once she did that, that was for me to, God had to show me, I dealt with her and um, I wanted you to see that I dealt with her. And I want you to know if you come to me and you leave it at my throne, I'll take care of it for you as if you went and told that person how you actually felt and you didn't even have to say a word. Uh, and those were some very powerful examples where I said, wow, God is 
just really showing me that he could really fight your battle and he doesn't need you to get involved. Um, the scripture that um, I wanted to focus on today, we'll start like in Psalms 27. And we'll be going between Psalms and the book of Daniel. And we're going to start from verse one. And it says, the Lord is, the, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, even in this will I be confident. Amen. So I got to see a real live version of this scripture, um, also with another young lady who um, was working for me. And she was just really verbal, uh, rude. And the clients would just keep on saying, well, why won't you respond to what she's doing? Why won't you say anything? And I said, well, I don't feel that led to at this time. And I remember when I went to, at that time I was going to Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I remember going um, up to pray at the altar. And then I remember the pastor coming to the edge of the stage and saying, leave her alone. He just was saying something at one end of the stage and then he came across the stage and said, leave her alone. But for some reason, I just knew I understood that God was talking to me. And I'm like, what do you mean leave her alone? Like she's the one that's doing stuff to me. She's disrespecting me and she's being rude. And even the clients are saying, Nelly, you should stand up for yourself. But God kept saying, be still. Um, and he was teaching me like this in verse one, you know, who shall I be afraid? And when your enemies and your foes come upon you to eat up your flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Um, and what happened was I didn't respond to her at that time because it was also, he was teaching me about listening. And at that time he said, be quiet, but there was a time to talk. So it came to the point where I did have to let her go and she was no longer working for me. She left and uh, went back to um, visit her family in Jamaica. And she went through a series of, of different things that happened to her. She broke her arm. Then she ended up giving her life to the Lord. And um, what happened was she, it was about almost a year I had not seen her. And then she came back to the salon less than a year and said, you know, Nelly, everything that you were telling me, you were right. And I was wrong. And I just wanted to say sorry. And again, God showed me again, that was so powerful to me because she was being disrespectful for a while. And I was getting very upset, like, God, I have to say something. And he kept saying, no, I don't want you to respond. And so what happened was, um, 
she came back and she said sorry. And I was totally humbled by that because she didn't have to come all the way back to the salon upstairs and come and find me and say, hey, you were right. I was wrong. Uh, she ended up at home watching TV and got saved from doing the prayer on the TV and giving her life to the Lord. And she said she opened up the Bible and found a scripture and the Lord convicted her about all that she had done. And I knew that, that this was so real because she wasn't that type of person to be that way, you know? So I knew God really spoke to her. And then later on, she got baptized and she invited me to the baptism. And at the baptism, the presence of God fell on me and he said, this was why, because I didn't want you to ruin the testimony. I was in fact working on her. I was doing something on the inside of her, but I needed you to be still so I could do that full work. And I didn't want you to, to, to ruin the testimony because now she can look to me and say, I was different or she can see the presence of God on me and know that I really serve and love God. You know, it was not going to be a confusion. And um, God was, you know, he was, he got the glory. And that was like, again, he showed himself, if you, if you stay out of it, I will take care of it for you. So again, I was learning that whole be still moment. Okay, so I'm going to continue on in Psalms 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to behold and gaze upon the beauty and the sweet attractiveness and delightful loveliness of the Lord and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. Amen. This scripture here is so powerful because I just believe uh, I, this is where I stand. And um, just having, it says, um, to behold and gaze upon the beauty and sweet attractiveness. And I remember back, uh, I remember it was with Moses and the people they had gotten, they got bitten with um, snakes. And then he took up the rod and they looked at it. But when they looked at the rod that he held up, they got healed. And when I looked at that word gaze, it was not just like a fleeting, you know, glance. Gaze was like a complete focus. It was like a, a position where you're not going to waver at all. Nothing that's happening around you is going to be able to take your focus off of the Lord. You will continue worshiping. You will continue praising you will continue having your time with the Lord, not just your time with him, but inviting him in every stage, every part of your life. Uh, you will ask him questions before you say things, before you get into things, and you will continue checking with the Lord. And this was the kind of closeness he was teaching me of how to walk with him. It wasn't just about having my time with him in the morning, but it was through my day, like, what do I say now? Do you want me to speak now? Do you want me to be quiet now? And how should I handle this situation? And he was always there to guide me um, and, and give me the wisdom on what to do 
in every situation. And, and those situations, well, every situ those situations were very critical. And every situation we have is critical because depending upon how you respond can change the outcome of the flow. You know, we know God is God and he can get in there and fix things. But if, if we can just listen and do things the way how, you know, he wants us to do it, we can kind of skip some things and allow him to just to let it work out the way how he has it to work out. Um, so it's basically following the instruction. Um, and another part of the stillness was I remember where um, there was a situation where, you know, I had a worker and she got a little upset and she left and she came back with her family and they were coming to speak to me and say they were upset because, you know, she left and she was carrying on in a certain way and we were very busy at that time. And when she came back, you know, I just started praying and, you know, God told me, um, write her check now and give her her check. So I knew because, you know, we were in the salon and she was working and she carried on in a way where it was like, okay, sh I can't have her working here doing this. So I knew I was going to have to let her go at the moment, but I needed God's guidance on how to do it. And again, it's just being in that place where you can stop and say, God, what do I do now? And so he said, write her check. So what I did was when I went outside, because she asked me to come out and talk to her and then she brought her family. So she started speaking to me really loud and saying, you know, she was upset and it was as if she wanted me to get riled up so then she could have a reason to get riled up and then it would be an altercation or something like that. But I already knew that I, that's not what was going to happen. And God was just like, just be quiet and stay calm. So I stayed calm and um, I kept my voice very low as she was going high. And I said, it seems like you're very flustered and you're like upset. Maybe you should just go ahead and take the day off as a matter of fact. I want to give you your pay for today so you could just go home and just relax. And all of a sudden, when she got the money, she was so happy and she had forgotten what she did wrong or whatever, but she was happy to get her money and she left. So I knew that, okay, God, I'm going to have to let her go. And eventually I, you know, I called her on the phone and then I let her go over the phone. But the reason why God told me to, uh, give her the money then is because he knew what kind of person she was and so while we were on the phone she started cursing and yelling and all of this stuff but I gave her her money I gave her everything so there's no reason for her to have to come back and had I let her go and then have her have to come back to get her last check it would have been a situation so again that was another scenario where I said wow the timing and this whole thing turned out differently because you know, God showed me what to do. And um, I was able to hear him. And I realized that his voice was just getting a little bit more clear in, in, that, still, in that still place. Amen. So, wow. Okay, so um, verse five in Psalms 27. But in the day of trouble, 
he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me high upon a rock. And now my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. In this tent, I will offer sacrifices and shouting of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, have mercy and be gracious unto me and answer me. Amen. And number one, he heard my cry and he does hear your cries. And number two, verse seven, he answered me and he will answer you once we give it to him. Um, so this was so, this is so powerful. And I'm going to continue in verse eight. You have said, seek my face, inquire for, require my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, will I seek, inquire for, require of necessity on the authority of your word. Amen. Okay. So um, I wanted to also share and talk about timing because with all those different scenarios that I was just sharing about, I learned that timing is very, very important with God. Everything, he has a time for it and he has a place for it. Um, he, God, is, God is so organized and he's so structured. And even if he gives you a word, that word is for a particular season. And we have to be very careful to uh, wait on the timing of God. And I think the highlight of this message is basically also timing, God's time. And if, if time is like the umbrella underneath that, you have, okay, so we're going to listen to God. We're going to obey. We're going to be still so we can know the timing of what to say, what not to say, when to go, when to stop when to move, when not to move, and things of that nature. So timing. Um, so now just kind of flipping over to Daniel chapter 14. I mean, sorry, Daniel chapter 11. So you can kind of stay in Psalms 27 because we'll go back there. But I also wanted to go over to Daniel chapter 11, verse 14. And I love this story because it was focusing on all of the dreams and the visions that Daniel was getting. And um, he had got the interpretation of those dreams and God kept telling him, these things are gonna happen, but yet in the end, I'm gonna put you where you belong. So verse 14. In those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south, Egypt. Also men of violence among your own people shall lift themselves up in order to fulfill the visions, but they shall fail and fall. And this is really powerful because 
he's already telling him that this is going to happen and these people are going to lift themselves up. But the end result is they shall fail and they shall fall. So I'm going to go down to verse 27 and in the same Daniel um, chapter 11, go down to verse 27. And as for both of these kings, their hearts and their minds shall be set on doing mischief. They shall speak lies over the same table, but it will not succeed. But the end is yet to be at the appointed time. Amen. Verse 29. At the time appointed, God's own time, he shall return and come to the south. But it shall not be successful as were the former invasions of Egypt. So I was I went to these scriptures here because I was looking at this because as I read this chapter and this, this book of Daniel, God kept talking about the appointed time. And even these um, kings here, they were doing mischief and they were doing things that at the end, the end result is that they're not going to succeed. The end result is God has an appointed time and he's gonna turn that whole situation around. And so that was the highlight here. Okay, so. There was one more story I was going to share. Going back to Psalms 27, verse 10. Although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up, adopt me as his, as his child. And the story I was going to share with this one is that um, being at home and uh, with my mom and my brother, as I started coming to JCMI and, you know, God started to open up my eyes, things started to change. And I knew uh, I needed to, to leave my house and I couldn't be there any longer, but I didn't know how I was going to get out. And um, because of finances and things of that nature. And I remember I didn't have a place of my own, like a private place, because I shared the room with my mom. And I used to go in the bathroom and pray. And I used to also go in my closet and pray because I didn't have that, you know, a place where I could be uh, alone. So I created an area. And at that particular time, I couldn't see forward. But today, you know, here I am. And God got me out of that situation. During COVID, I was able to get my apartment. I was able to move. Um, I was able to get a car. There was so many blessings, but all of those blessings came at an, an appointed time. And even though my family, they weren't, we weren't on the same page and um, they were coming against me in that they didn't believe me coming to the Bronx was the best decision for me. But I knew that God told me he wanted me to be here. So again, it just goes back to God's timing and listening. He told me I needed to be here. So I'm, I made sure I was here and I didn't listen to my mom and stay with her. I did leave and I came here. And because I came here, all the blessings that God had 
and has for me, it began to open up because I listened to him and then the timing was very critical as well. Um, and so going back to Daniel, the verse 12 in the same chapter, Daniel chapter 12, actually, no, sorry. Daniel chapter 12, verse 12, it says, blessed, happy, fortunate, spiritually prosperous, and to be envied is he who waits expectingly and earnestly, who endures without wavering beyond the period of tribulation and comes to the 1,335 days. This is so powerful because this right here, the very days are numbered and God has the days numbered where it's going to be, whether it's a thousand days or 5,000 days or whatever it is. But once you stand and you endure without wavering, he's going to bring you to that end of that 1,335 days and you're going to get, and look at the last verse, verse 13. But you, Daniel, who was now over 90 years of age, Go your way until the end, for you shall rest and stand and shall stand fast in your allotted place at the end of the day. This is so powerful because look, there's a place that God has allotted for you. This is what is this is so powerful. There's a place that God has already allotted for you. And he's telling him, Daniel, you will rest and you will stand fast in your allotted place at the end of the day. So you have to pass through those days, whatever that waiting period is, whatever that the time is until God finishes or he gets you ready, finished preparing you, there is an allotted time and a lot of place and he's gonna get you there if you wait. And back to Psalms 27, one of my favorite scriptures, which we know verse 14, wait, hope for, and expect the Lord, be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for, hope for, and expect the Lord. And so as we're waiting, we have to wait with that expectation. And as it was saying in Daniel, those kings, they were doing their mischief and they were doing their things. There might be people speaking against you, saying things, doing their mischief. It's the scripture said, as you read it, they will not succeed. And that's so powerful. So if you can't, I want to say we, if we can just remember, God has that a lot of time for me. I'm going to get there because you know what? I choose to wait and I choose to be still. I choose to listen, that umbrella of God's timing. I know God has a time and a structure, a place, and a people to help usher you into that place. And it's going to be a transitioning. A transition is going to be a transition. And as he is transitioning you, all you have to do is listen to know when to go forward, when to stop, when to speak, when to not, how to carry yourself in different situations. And that's it. You know, it's so amazing. So that was, you know, pretty much what I had today. And I'm really excited because it's a new season. And um, it's time now, you know, to see the fullness of God now that we're all learning how to walk with God and let God lead us 
we're going to see some amazing transformations. We're going to see healing. We're going to see the blessings just coming in because we, when we're walking with him, he's teaching us how to walk with him. And we have to walk with him in that being still in that listening unto the Lord. So with that, I would like to close with a prayer. Let me see if there's anyone on that is new today. Okay, good. So I don't see anyone. So I'm just gonna, I won't do the prayer of salvation, but we will pray. So Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the examples that you brought back to my remembrance of you teaching me um, and you having me to share to teach all of us about being still and waiting for instruction, um, not being led by our flesh, but being led by your voice, not being led by emotions, but being led by your direction. We thank you, God, that we can be rooted in this, this, this being still, allowing you to fight for us, allowing you to take care of situations for us, Allowing you to, you said, vengeance is mine, save the Lord, I shall repay. And we thank you, God, that you do this so we can just rest in you, trust you, and allow you to bring us to that allotted place, the allotted place that you have. But you did say we had to go through whatever that time was, and at the appointed time, you will bring us there. So we choose to wait and we say yes during that time. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for this word. And we just, we glorify you. I love you so much, Lord. We thank you. We worship you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let your will be done. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our precious Savior. Amen.